All right, so as I said earlier, we're beginning a new series called Faithfully. Faithfully. And before I get started, I, wanna, I want us to look at this, uh, or I want you to understand this. We're, we're going to see ourselves in this. I know every time we have pastor appreciation or something, you guys talk about how I'm talking specifically and directly to you while I'm preaching. Well, today it's really going to feel like that. <laughs> and in this series, it's really going to feel like that. But please understand, everybody's feeling this way. All of us have failed in faithfulness at some level. Can we, can we all agree with that? We have all failed to be faithful in some, in some way. All right, so I'm not like pounding you. I want you to be able to relax and, and just respect what God has given us and understand that this is not about just drilling you into the ground or something. Just let God's Spirit begin to speak to you and, and give you some ideas of some, some things that you can change and fix and and whatever. But today, the great thing is we're going to be just talking about who God is and, and His faithfulness. And we're going to begin, though, by introducing this series by talking about what faithfulness looks like and what it doesn't look like in our lives. In the Bible, the same word that is used in our translation, in our English translations for faithfulness, faithful, faithfully, that word could also be translated to other words like stable, Steady, firm, firm resolution, and truly, truth is so important in, in, in faithfulness and being able to embrace reality. Well, we've all had people in our lives that aren't faithful, haven't we? It hurts. Let's just be honest. It hurts when someone is unfaithful. And, and what were they? They weren't stable. Unfaithful people are not stable. They believe every whim that comes along in the world. And whatever's popular, they just go with it. And no matter how destructive it is, it doesn't matter. It's just, well, it's popular. I'm just going to go with it. They're not stable in their thinking. There's not patterns of, 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 of a perspective that is based on reality. They don't build a stable life. They don't build stable friends. They always have issues that threaten the people around them. And those issues normally threaten the people that are the stable people in their life, the faithful people. So our unfaithfulness actually threatens the faithful people in our lives. And so we end up not having a stable life. Threaten, or, uh, unfaithful people also aren't steady. Steady is being in it for the long haul, pacing yourself. And people who aren't faithful don't pace themselves. They do things based on emotion. Oh, they make a decision based on emotion. Well, this feels good. Everybody's on this. This is wonderful. But as soon as it feels like, well, it's not as important or it's not as exciting anymore, what happens? They're not faithful to it. So they make a commitment and they run this race for about 100 yards and then they're like, whew, I'm tired and everybody else seems to be tired, so let's quit. you got to understand relationships, especially a relationship with God, is in the, you're in this for the long haul and you pace yourself, but unfaithful people don't pace themselves. One of the cartoons that I remember from growing up that was always, um, has always stuck in my mind, you all remember Popeye? One of the earliest ones of Popeye. Remember Brutus? Brutus was the big bully, right? This, this particular show had uh, Brutus in this giant car. And man, it sounded good too, you know? And Brutus was going from stoplight to stoplight. And every stoplight, he would just take off and he would race to the next stoplight. 
but he was getting frustrated because he was having to stop at every stoplight. And Popeye was in his little Popeye car, I don't, he's just a little Popeye car, and he was just slow and steady, and he just went through every light just perfectly because it was a green light. He was pacing himself, and he found that life was a lot easier, and Brutus was frustrated and angry. And you know, when we, when we make decisions based on emotions, we're not steady, we're not stable, we're, we're erratic, and we end up not being committed, and we end up being unfaithful. They also aren't true. They also aren't true. This is, um, that is, they, they aren't genuine. People that are unfaithful aren't true. They're not genuine. They're not authentic. They're not verifiable. They don't live in reality. What is reality? Reality is truth. And they don't live in truth. And when someone lives a life based on anything but reality, what they don't realize is that they've caused their own confusion in life because anything that's not true is going to bring confusion in your life. And so when we don't live in truth and reality, we're living in confusion. And it brings a lot of emotions that we can't explain in our lives. We get frustrated and we get frustrated with everybody that is faithful. And we make rash decisions just trying to find a way to feel better because we have not embraced reality. We've not embraced truth. Faithful people are steady steady and stable and firm and live in truth. And you, you can count on faithful people. You know they're going to be there. Look around the room. We've got a bunch of faithful people that are here today. These are people that are steady and firm and true, and, and they're sturdy people in this life. They don't blow around with the winds of life. They don't, they don't run from you when they find out that you've got a fault. They're going to still be there for you. They're not going to throw you away. They're still going to be faithful to you. They will make your life better. They will make your life sturdier. They will make your life stronger. Faithful people in your life will make everything in your life better. Haven't you found that to be true? They're true. Their thinking is true. Their emotions are based upon truth. And they're stable because they're grounded in truth. And they aren't fighting reality. They're faithful. And we have to beware. Because you're just as defined by the things that you quit as what you do. Beware. So to be faithful, you have to start with faith. That just makes sense, doesn't it? To be faithful, you got to start with faith. The scripture tells us this about faith. It defines it in this way. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Faith is confidence in what? What we hope for and assurance about what we don't see. So here's another way of saying it. Faith is knowing that something right and good is coming. And because of that right and good that you know is coming, you're going to do right and good. So faith is action. It's the right and good that we do because we believe right and good is coming, even if we don't see it right now. Knowing and living in the light of that knowledge that the knowledge that even though it's night right now, and it's daytime right now, but you understand, like tonight it's going to be night. Even though it's night at the moment, knowing and believing that the sun is going to rise tomorrow will determine the right and good that you can do at nighttime. 
I'm going to go to sleep because I believe the sun's coming up. I'm going to go to sleep because I know i got to go to work tomorrow. I'm not going to do all this stuff that's going to mess up my day tomorrow because I know the sun's going to come up and i got to go to work. Make sense? So knowing the right and good that's coming will allow us to do the right and good now, and that's faith. And how many of you know that God has right and good coming for all of us at some point on the backside of this life? And so he calls us to live a life of faithfulness in light of what he's called, what he's communicated to us that we get for eternity. That's huge. The question is, will you be faithful? Will you be faithful? Well, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like it's, you know, that just seems so far off. And the scripture warns us that that attitude is going to get us to where it says, Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. The scripture warns us about that attitude. And we won't be faithful because, well, I just got to live for the moment. I just got all these emotions. I got to fix. I need help. And this just helps me. And we end up being unfaithful. Today, I want to talk to you about this. God is faithful. He is faithful. What if God weren't faithful? What if he was unfaithful? What if God wasn't stable? Now think about the most unstable person in your life. What if God was unstable? What if God wasn't steady? What if he, what if he didn't pace himself? You understand this life is about a big pace that God is on. And if you read scripture and you understand from Old Testament to New Testament, the thousands of years that it took for Jesus to finally climax that moment on the cross and all that built up to that generation after generation after generation of people being born and all of those people bringing bringing God to that one moment in time that Jesus was born and then the moment in time Jesus was on the cross, all of that was planned specifically and understanding that that was just a pace and we're still on that pace until finally Jesus comes back and it's going to be an awesome moment when we meet him in the air it's a pace and God has paced himself in this Uh, what if God wasn't firm what if he wasn't resolved to love us what if he was eh, just a little fickle and some days he gives us the cold shoulder doesn't really love us as much that day. And then the next day, he's all excited about loving us. I don't know about you, but that would bother me. He's faithful. What if God wasn't true? What if he didn't live in reality? What if God went after every latest and greatest thought that just popped into his mind that wasn't true? What if he didn't live in truth? That'd be awful. What if God made emotional commitments and the first time he had a negative emotion about that commitment? Whoa, I messed that up and he was out. Faith is a verb and taking a step of faith based upon knowledge is what God wants us to do. Looking and saying, all right, I believe and I know what God has said is true and I'm going to live my life this way in honor of that. That's it. You see, God knows the future. He's been there. And so God lives his life based upon knowing what the future is. God knows truth. And so he lives his life based upon that truth. 
He's faithful. So God is also stable. Moses wrote this. He is the rock. That's stability, isn't it? He's talking about stability. He is the rock. His works are perfect and all his ways are just. A faithful God who does no wrong, upright and just is he. He's faithful. Have you ever had a friend that you thought was a rock? You thought they would be there in your time of struggle? You thought they were stable? And and they talked a good game. They're like, yeah, I love you, man. You're awesome. You're the best. I mean, I've had people compare compare me to Moses, you know? And a year later, not really Moses, but... (laughs) But a year later, you know, they're like, oh, that guy is horrible, you know. And they they come and they talk a good game. And these people you'll have in your life and and you'll think, man, they're going to be a rock for me. They're going to have great, they're just going to have a great relationship with me for the rest of my life. And when they could have stood, they didn't. When they could have had your back, they didn't. When they could have encouraged you, they didn't. And when they could have looked and saw that you were right in a situation that you were struggling with in a conflict or something, they didn't see it. They were just like, ah well, everybody's got their story and whatever. When they, when they could have been gracious to you when you did mess up, they weren't gracious to you when they could have been. And, or, or the people in your life that were responsible to do good to you and maybe they didn't do that. that would, that's a lack of faithfulness. Or the people that were supposed to protect you, but they didn't protect you. The people that were supposed to provide for you, the people that were supposed to watch out for you, and they didn't. Those things are unfaithfulness. But that's not God. That's not Him. He is the rock. His works are perfect. And all His ways are just. A faithful God who does no wrong, upright, and just is He. God is stable. God is steady. He's steady. God was fed up with the unfaithfulness of His people. If you read throughout the Old Testament, you'll see where He he was just like, man, you bunch of unfaithful people. I've been so good to you. I've provided for you. I've given to you. I have led you day and night. I have protected you. I've watched over you. I was your king and you rejected me. And now he was at a place where he was so frustrated with their unfaithfulness. He said this in Malachi, I am the Lord all powerful and I never change. What is he saying? I am steady. I never change. I'm steady. And that's why you have been wiped out. That's why you haven't been wiped out. He's like, because, listen, I'm, I'm the steady person. I've protected. I've watched over you. I'm pacing myself. I'm steady. And I know, that I know what I'm going to do to bring salvation to the world. And that's why you haven't been wiped out. Because you bunch of unfaithful people, you can imagine how frustrated God was with them. You see, God is steady. He's predictable. He's predictable. You can know him. You can know his ways. You can know what he likes and doesn't like. He's communicated all this stuff because why? He's faithful. Imagine him being like that fickle friend that suddenly decides they just don't like you. Well, I don't like your face anymore. What? Oh, your voice is just so annoying. Just quit talking. (laughs) Can you imagine if God was just like, well, I just decided I don't like you. You're just annoying. God's like, no, I made you, I formed you, I shaped you, I created you. And listen, I love you just the way that I made you. And I'm faithful to that. I will in no way turn you away just because of the way you look, the way you talk, or whatever. Look at this passage in Hebrews. It says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today 
He's steady. He's stable. He's steady. And he says, don't be carried away by all, the kinds of, all, all kinds of strange teachings. He's saying, I, I'm calling you to being stable and steady. People are forever wanting a new and exciting, more, te- more exciting teaching, aren't they? But if God is the greatest painter, he's the greatest, uh, the greatest architect, he's the most creative creator, he's the best engineer. If he's all of that, he, he paints the sky a new, a new painting every millisecond. And if he's capable of having all that creativity and all that ingenuity and all that productivity and yet remains faithful, you have found the best friend you could ever possibly have. And more than that, he will share all of his gifts and talents with you. You see, the world will teach things that aren't true, that aren't steady, trying to bring excitement or trying to get money or even trying to get you addicted so that you can have, they can have money. And, oh, this is fresh and new, and, oh, if you don't buy into this, you're just an old fogey. Get up to speed. But listen, if you'll do your research, nothing the world lies to you about or tells you hasn't been untried already. Has, has, it's all been tried already in the last 6,000 years, and it's already been proven to not work. Why? Because it's a lie. But God's stuff, God's ways, God's work, it's steady. It's true. It will last forever. It never will go away. And his ways never change. Why? Because it's perfect. Because it's true. His ways always lead us to life and peace, and happiness, and joy, and purpose, and meaningfulness, and good relationships, courage, steady emotions, stable life. That's what God's ways always lead us to. Why? Because He's faithful. He's faithful. God is firm. What does that mean? He's resolved. He's settled on it. It means what he said here in Hebrews 13. I will never, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Because of his faithfulness. This is his promise. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I can't tell you how many times on Sunday mornings I pray that. Father, you promised you'd never leave me nor forsake me. I'm going to get up there and just give it my best and you do the rest, please. And look what he said in Deuteronomy 23. God is not human that he should lie. Not a human being that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? No. And once again, we've all done that, but not God. Not God. Why? He's faithful. He's faithful. You see, God is resolved in this relationship. He's 100% in. He's in. 
He's gone all in on this. And he loves you 100%. He's not like humans that look around for the next best thing. Well, I'm holding out on maybe there's another planet that would be a little bit better than Earth. Maybe someone else will love me better. Sure, someone else could love him better, but God still says, I love you 100%. I'm all in in this relationship. He's not waiting to see if someone better comes along for him to love or to love him. He's resolute in his choice in loving you so much that he gets quite offended when you don't love him back, and rightfully so, because he's like, What's, what else do you need? If you'll just open your eyes and see that I'm here, that I love you, and I do care about what, you, what your life is about. He's committed himself to us. His firm resolution to love you was signed and sealed in what Jesus did for you on the cross when he died for you. And God is true. He's true. Every one of God's teachings and commands conforms to reality. And this is awesome. God has never and will never expect you to do something that's impossible for you to do. The world does, though. The world might want you to change your face. The world might want you to change how you look. The world asks you to do things that are impossible. Change your voice. Whatever. The world has these expectations, and we see it all the time, you know, through commercials and Facebook and all the stuff. The world wants you to change who you are and how you were created and all of that, your personality, what you like and what you don't like. They just keep trying to twist and change. God's like, hey, wait a second. Hey, listen to me. I have your life in my hands. If you will just let me, I created you. I formed you, and I love you just the way I made you. And if you will trust me and know that I am faithful and I will no way turn you away, trust me and believe me. God doesn't ever ask you to do something that's impossible. He's not like man. He says, I am what you want and what you need for your life. The psalmist wrote this, and this is kind of interesting. Um, I'm going to read to you from the message version, Psalm chapter 119. Salvation is only gibberish to the wicked because they never look up, look it up in your dictionary. They never looked it up in your dictionary. What is he saying? What's he talking about here? Salvation is only gibberish to the wicked. Who are the wicked? The unfaithful. They're unstable. They're not steady. They're unfirm. They're not true. And they didn't care enough about salvation to even look into it, really. And, and they seem so smart when they're talking about it. Now, they always say things like this. Oh, I've, I've, I've read all the books about different religions. I've gone and I've researched it all and I've read them all. I've got to be honest with you. I doubt that. Well, maybe you did and found them all to be wrong. But if you found the Bible to be wrong, then you really did not read through the Bible properly. Seriously. Because if you're that intellectual and you're that smart that you went and did all of that research and you didn't come to the Bible and go, whoa, wait a second, there's something here that's different than the rest of the world's religions. There's something really different here. And what is that? The resurrection of Christ. 
You know, you, you've got to listen and understand that there are guys that, like Josh McDowell and, and Lee Strobel, these guys went into the Bible searching to find a way to, to show that the Bible was a hoax, that Jesus was a hoax. And, and Lee Strobel, I love his story. He was, he was with the lady that he's been married to all these years now, but she was a Christian, and he was like, man, I like this lady, but she's a Christian. i got to deal with this. So he dove into the Bible to show her that Jesus was a hoax, and he found out that, man, there's no way that this was a hoax. You've got to understand that if you truly go to the Bible looking to see who Jesus is and what he did and everything that God did, you're going to find that it is, it is it's mathematically impossible that Jesus is not the Messiah. So if you really open your heart to truth, it's there. And he says, salvation is only gibberish to the wicked because they never really looked it up in your dictionary. Your mercies, God, run into the billions. Following your guidelines revives me. What's he saying here? He's saying, your ways are steady. Your ways lead me to life. In my confusion, your faithfulness revives me. When I don't know what to do because my life is confused and I'm in trouble, if your way, if I will follow your ways, I will find my way back. That's what he's saying. Why? Because God's ways are truth and they're, they're guidelines that revive our lives. And look what he says here. My antagonists, my enemies are too many to count, but I don't swerve from the directions you gave me. I took one look at the quitters and was filled with loathing. They walked away from your promises so casually. Who's he talking about here? The unfaithful. The unstable. The unsteady. The quitters. They just walk away un so casually, he says. And then he says, take note of how I love what you tell me, though. Don't you want to be that guy? Don't you want to be that lady? Take note of what, how much I love what you tell me. God, I love what you tell me. James David, would you come? Do you love what God tells you? Do you love truth? Do you love stability? Do you love life? Peace? Joy? happiness, because faithfulness is what brings all of that. And without faithfulness, people hurt. Without faithfulness, you hurt people. And imagine if God was not faithful to us. There'd be no hope at all. He is our hope. He is your hope. Take note of how I love what you tell me. Out of your life of love, prolong my life. Your words all add up to the sum total truth. Your righteous decisions are what? Eternal. What does that mean? As opposed to the unrighteous decisions of the world, you know, these things, the fads come and fads go. They last for a generation and the next generation goes, Phew, that didn't work. That hurt. Doesn't last. But God's truth does. Why? 
stays firm, stays strong. It's always the same. Oh, but that's boring, John. Well, if you'll start getting into it, you'll find out how absolutely amazing this truth is. And that's what David said here. I love what you tell me, God. In other places, he wrote how he would lay in bed at night and just think about what God has said. How many of you do that? Your steadfast love, O Lord, extends to the heavens. Your faithfulness to the clouds. Lamentations 3. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. He's always there. Always. Revelation 19 book of Revelation, you know, the Apostle John, the Beloved, he had this vision, and he was taken up into the heavens, and he saw this beautiful thing that's going to happen in the future. God allowed him to see the future. It's pretty interesting. Remember the God that can go to the future? And he allowed John to see this, and this is what, he's, this is what he recorded that happened. In the midst of this, and I just started at a, at a spot here just to, you know, there's so much happened before this, but let me start in verse 6 of chapter 19. He said, then I heard what seemed to be a large crowd that sounded like a roaring flood and loud thunder all mixed together. They were saying, praise the Lord, our Lord God, all powerful, now rules as king. So we will be glad and happy and give him praise. The wedding day of the Lamb is here. What is the wedding day? It's, it's when the church gets to come up, right? We are the church. We are the bride of Christ. She will, and his bride is ready. She will be given a wedding dress made of pure and shining linen. This linen stands for the good things God's people have done. The good and the right things that people, oh, that's huge. The linen represents the good and right things that God's people have done. Why? Because they believed in the future that God has promised them. Then the angel told me, put this in writing. What's he saying? Write it down. This is true. This is going to be, I'm going to be faithful to this word. You better hold on to it because this is going to happen. God will bless everyone who is invited to the wedding feast of the Lamb. And the angel also said, these things God has said are true. And at that moment, John knelt down before the angel, and the angels, whoa, don't do that. I'm just a servant, just like you and everyone else who tells about Jesus. How many of you tell about Jesus? He says, don't worship anyone but God. Everyone who tells about Jesus does it by the power of the Spirit. He's saying, I'm just like you. I'm using God's Spirit to do this, and don't worship me. God's Spirit, God is God. Is God. Worship Him. And then he says, I looked and saw heaven was open, and a white horse was there. Its rider was called Faithful and True. And he is always fair when he judges or goes to war. He had eyes like flames of fire, and he was wearing a lot of crowns. His name was written on him, but he was the only one who knew what that name meant. The rider wore a robe that was covered with blood, and he was known as the Word of God. He was followed by armies from heaven that rode on white horses and were dressed in pure white linen. 
from his mouth a sharp sword went out and to, to attack the nations. He will rule them with an iron rod and will show the fierce anger of God Almighty, all-powerful, by trampling the grapes in the pit where the wine is made. On the part of the robe that covered his thigh was written, King of kings and Lord of lords. He is going to win and we get to be with him. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. Do you believe it? He says, this is your future. And he also says in other passages in Revelation that the Father will wipe every tear from our eyes and he will restore everything that was taken from us. And if you will live faithfully like he is faithful your life will be better you'll have friends that aren't threatened by you and your life you'll have family you'll have everything that you need it'll be difficult at times that's just reality Jesus said that but that's why you're faithful for those moments so that your faithfulness can be seen. He is faithful. Have you talked to him? Have you presented your situation to him? He loves you. God is stable. He's stable. He's steady. paced out. He's firm. He's firm. He's resolved. He loves you. And He's truth. And His truth will always be true. There's no such thing as your truth. Only His truth will last. Would you bow your head? Maybe you're here today and life has been fairly confusing for you. Maybe your emotions keep driving you. You make a good decision, you run 100 yards, and then you stop. The first step becoming faithful is to put your faith in God and His faithfulness. Trust Him today. Believe in Him today. And know that no matter what, He's going to come through. And begin to believe in His promises. Begin to believe in His future that He's promised you. And know that it's there. Know that it's true. And you better know that he is stable and steady and firm and resolved that he's going to finish this deal. When Jesus ascended, he wasn't done. He was just beginning. God is going to finish what he started on this earth with you and me. Know it. Accept it. And today, 
Maybe you need to give your heart to Christ and say, God, I, I want you in my life. I want your faithfulness to apply to me in a way like I've never had before. I want you to be in my life. And I want to get to know who you are, what you like and what you don't like. And I accept you. And I will accommodate for you to live inside of me the rest of my life. Thank you for being such a good and faithful God. Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name. With your heads bowed and eyes closed, maybe you're somebody here today that accepted Christ into your life and you want that relationship with Him. Right where you're at, I just want you to look up at me until my eyes catch yours.